Hello and welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life podcast. My name is Jim Duke and I'm the pastor of Olmstead Baptist Church in Olmstead, Kentucky. I'm thankful you're listening and pray it will be a blessing and help to you. Our subject for today is the third part of a three-part series on three essential things needed by every person. And because the institutions that God has ordained um, are made of people and are relative to mankind, it's something that's essential for the institutions also. Uh, First, we took a look at humility, how we need to be humble before God, and we need to be humble as our Lord Jesus Christ uh, was and is among men. Uh, That example is there. Humility before God. Oh, we need to be humble before him. Next is that of submission. And humility will bring submission. He is the king. And we are need to be subject to him. And one thing about about humility and being in uh, subjection is that we listen to our Lord and what he has said. We know that he is the leader. He is the king. He is our all in all. He is the one that created us, the creator, and we are the created. And so we need to humble ourselves before him. We need to be subject to him uh, and what he says. And then lastly, for the message for this podcast is this of repentance. These three things are are uh, interwoven at the edges, if you will, together. Uh, one leads and and requires another. There are there's a, there's seemingly a threefold um, uh, aspect of of, of our uh, place before the Lord and what we need to do as men, women, boys, and girls before the Lord. Uh, without humility and subjection, there will be no repentance. And, uh, and so there, there is a progression uh, in this, but there is an interconnection also. And so that's what we want to bring out uh, from the scriptures. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 9, we left off with this passage and the message for subjection. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? Uh, the, the apostle here, speaking about chastisement of a loving father and to his children, and then telling us about God the Father and the chastisement that he affects uh, to his children, guaranteed, he says here, without subjection there will be no life, no subjection to the Lord, there will be no life. But it would be better rather that we be in subjection to him, and that's hearing his word, believing him in what he says, being of a humble spirit to do so, and not ball up and rise up where we say, no, I'm going to do my own thing, uh, get out of my face, leave me alone, I'm going to go my own way, I don't care what anyone says, I don't care what man says, I don't care what God says. That's not being humble. That's certainly not being in subjection unto the Father of spirits. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? So to live, we must be subject to him. So humility, subjection, and then again, repentance. Proverbs chapter 20, verse number 9. Who can say, I have made my heart clean. I am pure from my sin. The brother Solomon and and uh, other brethren involved in writing the book of Proverbs uh, declare this, and I believe that this is in Solomon's part. Proverbs twenty verse nine: 
Who can say I've made my heart clean? I am pure from my sin. Uh, well, the answer is no one. Now, understand, as it is personally, so will it be with the nation. I'm going to just go, go ahead and mention this now in, in the message uh, early on. Uh, typically, as it is with people, until the Word of God, the Spirit of God comes to people, that individuals look at themselves as always better than someone else. Therefore, there's no need for repentance. No, no need for personal uh, repentance before God. And that's where it's at. It's not repentance towards a man. Although we may do people wrong and do people dirty, and we should ask for their forgiveness and not do these things, uh, but our, our repentance is not before a man, it's before God Almighty, because uh, sinning against my neighbor uh, is a sin against God Almighty, because my neighbor is, has been made and created in, in, in the image and likeness of God. Yes, I've done that individual wrong, but in that I've done my Creator, my God, wrong too. And so who can say that they've made their heart clean? Uh, are, have you atoned for your sins? Many people believe that they can by their works, the things that they can do. Who, who can say, I am pure from my sin? We're all guilty of sin. The, the, the unsaved are guilty of their sins and have that condemnation of God over them. And those that are child, the children of God, we have our sins too that we're guilty of, that we are commanded, as we'll see, to confess and repent of before the Lord. So, Humility, subjection, and now we take a look at repentance. Understand that individuals are to repent. This is the first thing that we want to look at. Individuals are commanded of God to repent. The first words recorded of our Lord Jesus Christ in the beginning of his ministry, and I love this passage because it's, it's by design of the Lord. The first words that are mentioned, Jesus uh, being uh, uh, preaching and fulfilling his ministry for that three years, Mark 1, verses 14 and 15. Now that after John, that is John the Baptist, was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. It had come closer unto that generation, closer than it had ever come before. Why? Because God had come down in the flesh, and he declares, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. That those, that's the words of the Lord. That's the order of the Lord to sinners. Repent ye. And that's like saying, not y'all, but you. Repent you. You need to repent and believe in the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so from the lips of the Lord Jesus as he was on this earth, in the very beginning of his ministry, the thing that he always preached is repent ye and believe the gospel. And again, that gospel is the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of sinners. Also in 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 10, and also lapping over into chapter 2, we see that the saved, yes, saved sinners are yet that. They're sinners. We are sinners. We are not better than another. We've been redeemed. Our our condemnation has been paid for by the Lord Jesus Christ for the, the eternal condemnation that sat, sits against and, and, and faces every sinner uh, uh, without Christ. Jesus has paid that for the saved. 
But we are still sinners in this old flesh, and we have sins that we need to repent of too. They don't stand in, in a, they don't stand uh, against us in regards to eternity, but they do stand against us in regards to our accountability before our heavenly Father, as we mentioned earlier, and as is referenced there in Hebrews, uh, where we started off this message. In First John chapter one, verses five through ten, this then is the message which we have heard of Him, of Jesus, and declare unto you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, with God, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. And so it's not just lip service, but it's life and living that tell, tell the tale. But if we walk in the light, verse 7, as he is in the light, as God, as the Lord Jesus is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So we are cleansed. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so here we have this promise to the saved, First John, the context being written to those that are the children of God. He says, if we say we have fellowship, but we walk in darkness, the truth is not in us. But we walk in the light. Yes, fellowship is there with our Lord and with one another of, of our siblings in Christ. If we say that we don't sin, we're deceiving ourselves. The truth is not in us. And so what, what do we do with our sins after we're saved? We confess them unto the Lord. And you know what? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us, because we do sin. We do sin. Chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And so he says here, I'm writing unto you to, to, to encourage you and to declare unto you, do not sin against your Lord. But if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, an advocate. He is there interceding. He is there as our legal representative. He, he says unto the Father, they're mine. I have saved them, and, and my blood covers their sins from the standpoint of eternal condemnation. And But as a child, we need to confess our faults, our sins before the Lord. And listen to what it says. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. He is the propitiation. Not a word that we use often, but that word propitiation means the suffering body. Jesus is sitting there by the Father, and as the children of God sin, the Father looks on at that, and he sees that, he knows that, he understands that. God Almighty does. But the Son says, Father, I suffered for him. I paid for that. I paid for that condemnation that should come upon them for that sin. I have paid the price. And the Father says, yes, yes, Son, you have. Just in a way of us understanding that. He is the propitiation, the suffering body by his stripes by his pain, by his suffering on the cross, by his bearing our load of sin to Calvary, 
by suffering the condemnation and the damnation of God Almighty for our sins. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. And it says here he's the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Any sin that gets paid for is only going to be paid for by the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let this be confusing unto us. Don't let, don't let this be confusing unto you. Jesus is able to take care of the sins of all. There is no limit to the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yet it is indeed in, in, indicated and in, in, in relayed to us in the scriptures that Jesus died for his people. It's a subject uh, that we know about. It's a subject that we hear about and are told about in the scriptures. It tells us about the working of God, even from eternity past. The thing is, is you and I, we can't delve into it. We can only know about it. Uh, we, we don't know who the Lord's people are. But if there's a Savior, which there is, Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. He's the only one that sinners can be saved by. And he has the power to forgive sinners' sins. No other sin has ever been paid for or forgiven by any other. Only the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one that can take care of the sins, even of the whole world. And so his power is without limit. Uh, that, that's, uh, that's what the, the Lord is conveying to us. Are you a sinner before God? Are, are, you, are you a sinner before him? I tell you what, you're commanded of the Lord. What did the Lord say? Repent and believe the gospel. That is what he has declared. So individuals are to repent. The unsaved are re to repent and receive Christ. But the saved are to repent of our sins as we go along living and as we fail and we sin against our Lord. Jesus Christ there making intercession. Jesus Christ there, our Savior, being that propitiation for us. And, and he is able indeed to save you. Number two, we want to take a look at families are to repent. And, and admittedly, as we look into the scriptures of this, this and the next uh, point that we want to look about, about governments and nations of people actually, are to repent. Uh, as we look into the scriptures in the context of Israel, that of, of the nation of family Israel, that is Jacob's new name, having 12 sons from whom the nation of Israel comes from. And so this of families uh, to repent and this of a nation to repent it is indeed all interwoven as we see it in the scripture. And today, uh, being namely Gentiles, we are not uh, Jews and so we don't have uh, the scripture coming to us in the direct context of being a Jew. But I think that the principle can be seen indeed that, uh, that families, when we have sinned against God, we are to repent uh, before the Lord. Brother Jeremiah, he's the one that we go to to see this. In Jeremiah 16, 19, and the reference that he makes there, and he's a, a prophet of the Lord, there at the falling down of, of Judah, the, the southern uh, kingdom, 
and he is there in their midst and all their wrangling, their, their lack of understanding, their wickedness and sin and departure from the Lord and his word. He is there and he says in Jeremiah 16, verse 19, O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction, the Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say. And so Brother Jeremiah is there dealing with the, 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 the judgment, the chastisement of the Lord upon the nation. And in the midst of that, he declares how the Lord is his trust, his strength, his fortress, his refuge in this great day of affliction. And he says, The Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say. So this is, these are the words of the Gentile nations, the Gentile tribes, even the Gentile families. And you know what they're going to say? Surely our fathers have inherited lies. They have inherited vanity, emptiness. They have inherited things wherein there is no profit. You know what Brother Jeremiah says? Is that in the working of the Lord, the coming forth of the gospel, the, the word of God being written down, and the conviction that the Lord can bring by sowing the seed of his word and the moving of the spirit of God that the Gentiles are going to say our daddies have been guilty of sinning against you they have inherited lies they have had inherited emptiness they have inherited things wherein there is no profit you, you know what we hear from here from the Gentiles the thing that needs to be heard by us all is that they are repenting before God and then in verse number 20 this statement this question shall a man make gods unto himself and they are no gods uh, Jeremiah saying this uh, the Lord saying this uh, the Gentiles, uh, saying this um, who is it that's saying this I I kind of wonder if it's not the Gentiles in addition to what is uh, quoted in verse number 19 surely our fathers have inherited lies vanity and things wherein there is no profit shall a man make gods unto himself and they are no gods it, it, it's an admission that what has been trusted in by the by the generations, the families of the earth, the families of the Gentiles. That's the reference, not Gentile nations, but the people, the, the tribes, the families, the people, the fathers of, of their particular uh, a branch off of the tree uh, in, in, the, uh, in the continuation of mankind, having children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and so on. They, they say, shall a man make gods unto himself, and they are no gods? They are repenting. And you know what? That's fam what families that have done wrong, that have sinned against the Lord, need to do. Individuals need to repent, and families need to repent too. And listen to what the Lord says. Therefore, behold, I will this once cause them to know. This isn't Jeremiah speaking. This isn't the Gentile uh, 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 the people of the Gentile, the Gentiles speaking. But this is God speaking. Therefore, behold, I will this once cause them to know. I will cause them to know mine hand and my might. Praise God for that unto the Gentiles. And they shall know that my name is 
the Lord. And see, see what happens with repentance? Brother Jeremiah, in, in the great distress of, of Judah and, and the, 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 the chastisement for the nation's sins and for the father's sins, he declares here that the Gentiles, the Gentiles will be brought repentance for the emptiness of the way of the fathers. Families are repenting here. And you know what? They don't disassociate themselves with the sins of the past, but they claim them before God, even though they presently may not be guilty of them. They declare unto the Lord, we have sinned. Our fathers have sinned, and we are in this sin. And God, Father God, we repent of it before you. We are all guilty. And you know what? Therefore, behold, I will this once cause them to know. I will cause them to know my hand and my might. See what the Lord does with repentance? He shows more and he blesses more because repentance is needed by individuals and families. And they shall know that my name is the Lord. Lamentations chapter 5, verse number 7. Brother Jeremiah also, and uh, here dealing with the, with the sins of, of Israel. And what's he declare in this one verse? Lamentations 5, verse 7. Our fathers have sinned and are not. They're gone. And we have borne their iniquities. They're guilty. We're guilty. We're suffering. And Lord, help us. And so individuals are to repent before the Lord. The unsaved are to repent, commanded by the Lord Jesus himself to repent before God and believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the saved are to repent of our sins when we sin and we fail daily to confess those unto our Lord. And the Lord Jesus is there, our Savior. He is, he's paid the price and he covers uh, those sins and forgives us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Families are to repent. And then thirdly, we see here, that nations are to repent. And you know, in our day, in this trial in which we find ourselves, this tribulation, this trouble in which we find ourselves in, um, so many things can be said about this, and, 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 and many things that we understand, and many things we do not understand. But communities, states, and nations are to repent before God. Every citizen as an individual is to repent before God, before our nation. The children of God are to claim the sins of a people, our own nation, and confess and repent before God. It's incumbent upon us all. We are citizens of this great country that has been blessed by God, and we are called to repent. Every citizen, the unbelieving citizen, is called to repent. And from the highest in government to the lo local government and everywhere in between, in our states, our governor, our congressmen, our legislators, our local judge executives, and 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 uh, and the uh, those that sit upon the the county uh, uh, council, if you will, those that are in the county government, in cities abroad. I tell you what, we are called to repent. Uh, listen. And the children of God who know the Lord, who claim the Lord, let us not have rose-colored glasses on and, and say, well, 
things aren't bad. Let us not compare ourselves to another nation, uh, thinking that because another nation is worse, we're off the hook. Let us not do that. Let us not go there. As a nation, we need to repent before our God, every citizen. And the children of God who claim a relationship with the Lord through Jesus Christ, we are to claim the sins of this nation and not say they, but say us. We have sinned against you, Lord. Proverbs 14.34, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Listen, righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And that's what we have in our day. We're bearing the reproach for our sins. Our nation has been exalted by righteousness. Our, not, our nation is not the same as it was in uh, decades and, 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 and centuries gone by. It is not, and we need to turn unto our God. Righteousness does exalt a nation. The naysayer would say, God has no part in it, but it's not true. It's a lie. God has had a blessing in our nation. Sin is a reproach to any people small, large, greatest, or the, or the lowliest of nations. Sin is a reproach to any people. And then I want us to see here a lengthy reading. But listen, I want us to see the example of Brother Daniel in chapter 9 of the book of Daniel. We're going to t I'm going to read the biggest part of this chapter, and I want you to see what we can learn here from Brother Daniel in this very situation, in, the, in this time of national crisis. What Brother Daniel did, what Brother Daniel said, and may we learn from this as we are here, and, and Daniel is a Jew, he is, his nation is the nation of Israel, and we are not Israel, the United States is not, but Daniel is a saved man, and he is in his nation, and listen to what he says and, and how he takes and approaches this. In the first year of uh, Darius, the son of Hasarius, the, the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And so that's the particular context for Brother Daniel. He understood from the word of God about the 70-year a captivity. Daniel 9, verse number 3. But let us go forward and learn the principle here that we can learn uh, from our brother. In Daniel 9, 3, and I set my face unto the Lord God. And that's what you and I need to do, child of God. We've got trouble in our land, and we need to set our face to our Lord God. We say that we're saved by him. We say that we know him. And I tell you what, he knows us if he has saved us indeed. And we need to set our face, as Daniel did for his nation, to, to, to the Lord God. We need to set our face to the Lord God for our nation. He says to seek by prayer and supplications, with fasting and sackcloth and ashes, uh, self-abasement before the Lord. Yes, fasting is appropriate. Yes, self-abasement is appropriate. Where there is a national crisis, it is appropriate indeed. What's he saying? I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession. He confessed his own sins and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments, 
Listen to what he says there. To them that love him. Do we love him with lips in our land? Yeah, in our land we love him with lips, but I tell you what, nationally we hate him. We may love him with our lips, but nationally we hate him. In many cases in our leadership, God is not even in the consideration. But Brother Daniel prayed. He said, O Lord, you're great and dreadful. The great and dreadful God, power and ability, whose hand is not, there's nothing that his hand and finger cannot touch. Keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments that are obedient to him. What's what's Brother Daniel say in verse 5? We have sinned. Now, you know what? Brother Daniel was taken in captivity, if we understand it correctly, when he was very young. Uh, he, he, he most likely, uh, the, the witness that we have in the book of Daniel, of Brother Daniel, unto whom in the scriptures not, not, not one negative thing was said to Brother Daniel. He's kind of like stands alone with Joseph, that there's no rebuke for Daniel in the scripture, no rebuke from God uh, whatsoever. Uh, for Brother Daniel. There's there's not one error, not one sin. Now, we know he was a sinner, but not one not one bad point mentioned about Brother Daniel in the Scriptures. Uh, a holy and a righteous fellow he was, and he was a saved sinner like uh, we who are saved, but he was faithful to the Lord. And you know what he does about the, the nation and the sins of the nation that have brought this condemnation uh, upon them, this chastisement upon them? Daniel says, they have sinned. You know what Daniel says? No, he doesn't say they, does he? He says, we have sinned. We have sinned. And we have committed iniquity and have done wickedly. We have rebelled by, and even by departing from the, thy precepts and thy judgments. And that's what we've done in our nation. We've departed from the precepts and the judgments of the Lord. The precepts being the Word of God, His law, the moral law given unto us, that, that's what comes to us as a nation and as a people, uh, as Gentiles, the moral law of God and from His judgments. It's where the Lord made a judgment, as is declared in the Word of God, and He says, this is the way it's going to be because I judged this iniquity. I made a mark here. I made a statement here, a standing here, like He did with Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah is done. The Lord has made a judgment there to make it very clear to us that that iniquity and that wickedness doesn't need to go on amongst mankind. He says here, neither have we. Notice how he uses the word we. He he doesn't separate himself from us. He doesn't say, neither have they, but we. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets. What, what's significant about that? The word of God, which spake in thy name to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, and to all the people of the land. I, everybody's covered there, isn't it? And you know what? The word of God is just that way. It's spoken to each and every one of us. And granted, there are those who have not heard it. Those are those who have not submitted to it. Those are those that don't want to hear anything about it. But the Lord has brought forth his word, his instruction, the moral law, what he says about sin, what he says about our need, what he says and has done through the Lord Jesus Christ. And Daniel says, we've neither hearkened, we've not heard nor obeyed, that we've not heard to the prophets that came 
then spake in thy name to our kings, our leadership, our princes, our leadership, our fathers and our families, and to all the people, each and every person in the land. Verse 7, O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces. And you know what? In this present distress, and it's sad, it's a sad thing uh, and terrible thing for anybody to die. And we certainly don't want our family members to die. And no individual desires to die. It's in us to live, and that's by design. Now, we who are saved, we, we need to know that we're in the Lord's hand, and the time of our life is, is directed by Him and in His hand, and He's the giver of life always. But don't we and aren't we experiencing confusion of face at this time? We are. And that's what sin does to a nation. It causes us to be confused. Uh, we don't know what to do. We don't know where to turn. That's the reason for all this hoarding. That's the reason for all this... Um, uh, drastic action in many, many cases that don't make, doesn't make sense. Our Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces, as at this day, to the men of Judah, and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and unto all Israel that are near and that are afar off, through all the countries where thou hast driven them, because of their trespass that they have trespassed against thee. Our trouble has come because of the sin against God. That's what Daniel said. Lord, we've sinned against you. We have sinned against you. What about our nation? Have we sinned against God? Yeah, we have sinned against God indeed. Verse number 8, O Lord, unto us belongeth confusion of face. We've got it coming, he says, to our kings, to our princes, to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. He doesn't disown it. He claims it. To our Lord God belong mercies and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. And, you know, Daniel knew it about the nation of Israel. And we need to know it about our own nation. We have rebelled against him, have we not? Verse 10, neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. And we've had the word of God. We've had the word of God in this nation from its beginning. The word of God in English from the beginning. Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing that they might know what not obey thy voice, and that's what the Bible represents as the voice of the Lord. Therefore the curse is poured out upon us. Transgressing the law of God, departing from it, not obeying his voice, it will bring the curse upon us. It'll bring the God's curse and judgment upon any nation. Righteousness exalteth the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. He says here in the midst of verse 11, And the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him, have sinned against God. We've sinned against him. He's declared it, uh, Israel in particular, with the, the scripture. And we, from a moral stance as, a, as the United States of America, we have sinned against him. Verse 12, And he hath confirmed his words, which he spake against us, and against our judges that judged us, and by bringing upon us a great evil. For under the whole heaven hath not been done, it's been done upon Jerusalem. And that's in particular uh, to the nation. But what is it? Sin has brought this judgment, as in particular promised by the Lord for Jerusalem and for the nation. Verse 13, as it is written in the law of Moses, 
all this evil has come upon us, yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God. I'm thankful that our president has had uh, a national day of prayer several Sundays ago. And I'm thankful here for even here recently for the references to the need of the graciousness and the help of our Lord. I'm thankful for that. But I tell you what, it needs to be a daily thing. And let the naysayers nay. Let the naysayers just carry on in their wickedness in that. But we need to pray before our God, supplicate unto our Lord for our nation. Yet made we not our prayer before the Lord, our God. To refuse to go before God shows a willfulness and a wickedness of heart uh, that we just want our sins and want nothing to do with God Almighty. That we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Yet made we not our prayer before the Lord, our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Verse 14, therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil and hath brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all his works which he doeth, for we obeyed not his voice. And that's what we've done as a nation. We've not obeyed him. We've just not obeyed him. And you know what? There's not a thing that happens in the world, even COVID-19, that the Lord doesn't allow or that he doesn't direct. It's by his power uh, and, and by his working, and he knows his working and his judgment amongst the nations. Verse 15, And now, O Lord our God, that has brought thy people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, this is in particular to Israel, and has gotten thee renown, as at this day we have sinned, we have done wickedly. So here we see this. Uh, in this personal uh, pronoun that, the, that Brother Daniel uses, he continually declares, we, we, us, we have sinned, we have disobeyed, we have gone against your word, we have gone against your law. He, he, he doesn't hold up. He includes himself in it. And he petitions the Lord in, in humility and in subjection and repents for things that he hasn't done directly, but that the nation that he is part of has done. And we need to learn from this indeed. A child of God, under the hearing of my voice, we need to repent of the sins of our nation before God. As at this day, verse 15, there at the end, we have sinned, we have done wickedly. Verse 16, O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee. You hear that? He's begging the Lord, and that's what we need to do. We need to beg our Lord for help. If there's going to be any help come, is it going to come from ourselves? Is it going to come from our president? Is it going to come from our leadership? If there's going to be any help, it's going to come from God. He may use them. The Lord uses means. O Lord God, O Lord, according to thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city Jerusalem, thy holy mountain. Because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Listen to what he says. He says, you have brought us low, and I beg you, Father, let your anger, let your fury be turned away from us. Now, therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant. And that's what we need to do. We need to pray unto him, bring the petition unto him. 
and his supplications. He's praying for others. He's praying for the, the nation and for the citizenry. That's what it is when we pray for another. And cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. And that's in particular about Jerusalem and the temple. Verse number 18, O my God, incline thine ear. That means to bend down your ear towards us, Father, so you can hear. And hear, open thine eyes. The eyes of chastisement are closed and of judgment are closed. Open thine eyes and behold our desolations. Look how bad off we are, Father. And the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousnesses, but for thy great mercies. That's what we need to understand, too, as a nation. Because we're great and mighty and have been as a nation doesn't mean that because of that, God will accept us. There's a great uh, thinking of that, that we're a great and mighty nation, therefore the Lord will respond to us. No, no, it's not our righteousness that bring us standing before the Lord, but it's our repentance. Our repentance as a nation. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousnesses, but for thy great mercies, because he is a merciful God. He's got a history of being a merciful God, and we need to plea for that mercy in these United States of America. O oh Lord, hear. O oh Lord, forgive. O oh Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake. O oh my God, for thy city and thy people... Uh, are called by thy name. He said, O oh, hear, O oh, Lord, forgive, O oh, Lord, hearken and do, defer not for thine own sake, O oh, my God. And that needs to be our prayer. Verse 20, And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, hear that? My sin. Daniel was a sinner. He was a saved sinner, but he was yet a sinner, and he knew that he had sins. And the sins of my people, he, he claimed those too, and he confessed them. And that's what we need to do as a nation. And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, the angel of the Lord, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation, and he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth from who? From God. Gabriel, go, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. So there's more that is said in that chapter, but we want to take a look at this. You know what? In, 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 in Daniel's humility, in Daniel's subjection, in Daniel's repentance for himself and for the nation, God mercifully heard. And you know what? As a nation, that's what we need to do. We need to repent. In Isaiah chapter 31, Brother Isaiah writes concerning the coming distress uh, and, and judgment, chastisement of Israel, the southern kingdom there in Judah, Turn ye unto him from whom the children of Israel have deeply revolted. Isaiah 31, 6. Turn ye unto him from whom the children of Israel have deeply revolted. 
you know, there are those in our day that, uh, the, again, the naysayers and the, the, the haters of God and the deniers of God, they say God has never been a part of this nation. Jehovah God has never been a part of this nation. Listen to what we have on all of our money uh, or have had on our, 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 the issue from the treasury of our country. In God we trust. And understand, this isn't Buddha and this isn't Allah. And this isn't any Eastern gods, nor Persian gods, but this is Jehovah God, the Almighty is the God that's referenced there. In God we trust. Uh, God has never had a part of our nation. In time past, Bible verses were on about every state and federal monument in our land. And as they've been remodeled, those verses are stripped off and taken away. But, there, but there's much, much evidence to show that. And many of you under the hearing of my voice that have visited such understood that in, in, in decades previous, in centuries pre, century, the century previous, leaders all through our history looked to God and quoted his word in the Bible often and in many, many places. Verses, the word of God, a claim to God, and a desire for God on state and federal monuments, and leaders throughout our history uh, looking to God, invoking God, uh, 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 um, supplicating unto God for the nation and for the situation at hand. Yes, God has had a part in our nation, and we're not, we're not, uh, we're not without fault, and we're not without guilt in things, but we have been blessed by God, and we need to get back to God and confess our sin and our wickedness and our departure from him. As Brother Isaiah said, turn ye unto him from whom, from whom the children of Israel, from whom the United States of America have deeply revolted. We have deeply revolted against him. A couple things to mention, abortion, 62 plus million children killed by abortion in our land since 1973, 62 million, one-fifth, less, just under, less than one-fifth, one-sixth of the population of our nation today killed by abortion in our land. We are a bloody nation and a bloody people. Sodomy and lesbianism celebrated and encouraged. It's abomination before God. That then bringing on the gender confusion and all related and celebrated and encouraged in that. It's an affront to God Almighty. And policy and operation that has been against the word of God the Word of God contained in his Bible, we, we've had such going on for decades. We have departed. We have sinned against God. America, turn to him from whom ye have deeply revolted. We need to pray. God, forgive America. In conclusion, we, we've seen that the Scripture bears forth that as individuals, unsaved or saved, we need to repent before God. Families, as families, and the sins of fathers, we need to repent before God. As a nation, as a state, as a community, as a county, we need to repent before God Almighty. Listen to what the Lord says. 
about this need of repentance, this need of turning, because in repentance there is a, a an acknowledgement of sin and then a turning of back upon that sin to not go that way anymore. That is true repentance. It's not remorse about being caught and reacting, wishing that you didn't have this terrible situation because of what you've done. But repentance speaks about seeing the ugliness of it as God tells us it is, and turning from it, confessing it before him, and turning from it to leave it behind us uh, and and not return unto that uh, uh, pig mire and that hog mire that sin is unto us. In Ezekiel 18.23, Have I any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, saith the Lord God? And not that he should return from his ways and live. Does the Lord have pleasure in the judgment of the wicked and their eternal death? He does not. The Lord God is a merciful God and he loves mercy and he loves salvation. And he commands us to repent. If you're under the hearing of my voice and you've not repented before God, oh, go to him in repentance. In Ezekiel chapter 18, verse number 32, later in that same chapter, For I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth, saith the Lord God. Wherefore, turn yourselves and live ye. Repent. Confess it. Admit it. Because what Brother Isaiah says in chapter 59, verse number 2, is the truth. He speaks it to the nation, but it's a principle that is the case for every individual and therefore the institutions. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And he is our God, whether you receive him or not. He is your creator. He's our Lord. He's over us, and we are under him. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. We need to repent. May the Lord help us that we repent. And then Brother Paul. Brother Paul on Mars Hill, as he was invited there to come speak before those heathen and pagans there in, in the day of Rome and that place in Greece, uh, there uh, in Athens, uh, at, at, at the, 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 the hub and the center of Greek uh, mythology, and he's brought there, and he speaks these words in Acts 17, 24 through 31. Acts 17, verse 24. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. And he's speaking about their paganism and their idol worship. The houses, the tabernacles, the temples that they had made. Neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything like you and I need to eat. Or we need to drink. See, he giveth to all life and breath and all things. He's the one that gives to us. We don't need to give to him. And if made of one blood, all nations of men for to dwell in the face of the earth. So that's how we've been created. One blood. The blood of Adam uh, has brought us, is that by which we are brought. We're his children. And have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. The Lord caused the great dividing at the Tower of Babel, and all the people of different languages gathered together and went off and lived together, and then from those languages, the languages even we have today uh, uh, have been established. 
that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him, and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. And so the Lord has created us, and he's, he ordered the nations in the beginning, and, and, and his work amongst us has always, his touch and the revealing of his work amongst us has always been that we might see him, that we might understand him, that we might find him. And he's not very far. He's not a long way away as those Romans uh, there in Athens uh, looked to those gods of mythology that they said sometimes were a long, long way away. God is not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. He gives us physical life here even today. And he says, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. He has created us. Now, Brother Paul is not teaching the doctrine of the fatherhood of God and the sonship of man uh, in the way that it's believed and received and that God will save all. God will save many, but he will not save all. And why will he not save all? Well, from, your, from our perspective, it's because not all will believe and not all will repent. We are also his offspring, and so he, he's making that connection for them. He has created us. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think of the Godhead as like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. We're not stone. We're not gold. We're not silver. We're not marble. And we didn't come from such. We came from a living God. And he says here in verse 30, key verse for the subject at hand, and the times of this ignorance, what we don't know about God, God winked at. His trembling eye of judgment and condemnation, his quivering eye at the sin and the wickedness of man, he, he, he's holding back, he's being long-suffering, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Why? Verse 31, because he hath appointed a day of judgment in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. So God created us and has given us his word and his directive in the Bible and his scripture by the prophets that he sent even to his own nation at the beginning, and then now in this New Testament a time, the New Testament church age, the time of the Gentiles. He's given us the New Testament scriptures where he tells us even more uh, that we need to know. And he, he shows us that he's created us and that he is the creator and that we are accountable to him and that our sin and our misunderstanding of him and men worshiping him by worshiping images, or graven images, and things that they make. They don't understand the greatness of even the creative power of God and the greatness of who God is. He is long-suffering as, he, as he, his eye quivers, uh, having this day of judgment uh, at hand, but he's waiting. And in this time of waiting, in this time of long-suffering, he now commandeth all men everywhere to repent because a day of judgment is coming. And he's going to judge the world by that man, the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's given assurance. He's given assurance of the judgment 
because he came, he lived, he suffered, blood, and died, was buried, and rose again. He's given assurance of salvation because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, became a man and came and lived, suffered, blood, and died, was buried, and rose again. He's given assurance that he will, we will live forever as his children with him and that the judgment of God upon the unrepentant and the unbelieving will be forever because he has raised Jesus from the dead. And so the command is all men everywhere to repent, individuals, families, and nations. In Isaiah chapter 2, and I really want, with the word of God, want to drive this point home. And so I appreciate your patience. In Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, the word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow into it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. The Lord is the judge. He's the judge of individuals and he's the judge of nations. And we need to know that. And we need to repent of our sins as a nation before God. Lastly, in Revelation 11, verses 15 through 19, and the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead that they should be judged. And thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and to them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of the testament, and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings, and an earthquake and great hail. What does it say there in verse number 18? And all the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged. See, the nations have their own idea and their own way, and may God help us in these United States that we humble ourselves, we subject ourselves, submit ourselves unto the Lord, and that we repent as a nation. That we not be angry against God and his way and his truth and his word, but that we repent. Because, see, the time is coming that the dead, the unbelieving and the unrepentant, that they should be judged. And God will judge the nations. And God will judge sinners. He, none will escape. No family will escape. No individual will escape. No nation will escape. And may God help us that we would repent before him. Humble yourself before God. Submit to him and what he has said to you in his word. Repent before him for your sins against him and our sins as a nation before him. Repent and believe and trust in his son. 
May we do so nation, family, and individual. This is what we all need now. If you're here and you're not saved, I point you to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Repent of your sins and believe and trust in him for the salvation of your soul. There is no help in any other. There is no salvation in any other but the Son of God, our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this word. We pray, Father, that you would use it and bless it to our hearts. Help us, Father, as individuals before you, as those that are under the hearing of my voice and, and, and not saved, we pray that you would help them that they'd come to you in repentance and faith. Lord, you'd show them the truth and reveal yourself unto them. And, and save and work, Father, that they might come to you in repentance and faith. For we that are saved, Father, that we'd repent of you uh, for our sins and our transgression against you. We'd claim that promise and know that promise you've given us, that you'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The fellowship will be restored in those areas. And, Father, as a nation, as a family's Father, the sins that we have as families, that we repent of those before you and confess them unto you. And, Lord, uh, that you would help and heal and bless our families. And Father, as a nation, help us that we would repent before you, Father, as a nation, these United States, that the citizenry of our nation, Father, that we would you would save and work in hearts and, and save the people of our land. And as a nation, Father, we'd repent of you. And as the children of God, Lord, we claim the sins of our nation and we'd repent of them before you. Help us, Father, we pray. And we pray that you'd bless. We pray and ask it all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. I look forward to the next time when we can take a look into our Lord's Word together on the Wonderful Words of Life podcast.